In New Guinea Pigeon, throwing way leg means to go on a journey. It describes the action of thrusting out your leg to take the first step of what can be a long march. For as long as I can remember, I have been intrigued by New Guinea. Perhaps it was the stories my uncle, Gunnar Keith, told of fighting the Japs in Dutch New Guinea, of spiders the size of dinner plates, and of fuzzy-wuzzy angels, the warriors who used their local knowledge to save the lives of many Australian soldiers during the Second World War. Maybe it was the visit to my school by a group of excruciatingly shy, yet fascinating Papuan students. Whatever it was, it worked its magic while I was still a child. I was twenty-six when I first travelled overseas. I went to Papua New Guinea. I can still feel the wonderment tinged with excitement, even fear, which flared in my breast. The crisp, cool mountain air, the unfamiliar smells, sights and sounds, all embedded themselves deep in my consciousness. Everything was new and strange. New Guinea sprawls like a vast prehistoric bird across the sea north of Australia. After Greenland, it is the world's largest island, and its size, shape, and rugged mountains are all the result of its peculiar geological history. For New Guinea is Australia's bow wave. As the continent of Australia has drifted northward, it has accumulated islands and fragments of other continents along its leading edge. Like debris swept together by a broom, these have built up into a long, chaotic pile of landforms. This geology also explains why New Guinea's flora and fauna resembles Australia's. Although it is close to Southeast Asia, New Guinea has no tigers, rhinos, or elephants. But it does have kangaroos. New Guinea's kangaroos, however, live in the trees. Me by throw him way leg now. I'm starting my journey now. Still has literal meaning. For even today, walking is the only means of travel in much of New Guinea. The island's topography is so rugged that roads service only a tiny portion of it. There are no roads, for example, linking either Port Moresby, the capital of Papua New Guinea, or Jayapura, the capital of Irian Jaya, with the rest of the country. Furthermore, there are no pack animals in New Guinea, and until the arrival of aircraft, New Guineans living in adjacent valleys or in the mountains and on the coast were as isolated from each other as people living on different continents. This helps explain why New Guinea is home to about a thousand languages one-sixth of the world total. While New Guinea is still one of the world's last frontiers, its human history is venerable. People have lived there for at least 45,000 years. They arrived by sea from Asia at a time when New Guinea and Australia were joined. As the sea rose and isolated the two land masses, these immigrants were to diversify into the living Australian Aborigines and the tribesmen of New Guinea. Nine thousand years ago, New Guineans living in high mountain valleys had already developed intensive agriculture. There they domesticated and harvested the world's most important plant crop, sugarcane, along with taro, a large nutritious tuber, bananas, yams, and winged beans. They had begun this process at a time when my European ancestors were still chasing woolly mammoths across the tundra. Despite its isolation, New Guinea has played an important role in world trade. By the 16th century, Sri Lankan princes were adorning themselves with hats made from New Guinea's birds of paradise. Before that, it seems likely that Chinese were consuming New Guinean nutmeg, and Indonesians rubbing themselves with oil made from New Guinea's masoi tree. The ancient Romans flavoured their food with cloves, 
which are the flower buds of a lily pili, which grows only on islands just to the west of New Guinea. During the colonial period, Germany, the Netherlands, and Australia all counted parts of New Guinea as their territory. Australia ended up administering the eastern half of the island, which became the independent nation of Papua New Guinea in 1975. The western half passed from Dutch to Indonesian hands and is now a province of Indonesia. This brief political history, however, says little of the lives of the village people themselves, for many were unaffected by much of it. Despite half a century of colonial rule, it was only in 1935 that Australian gold prospectors stumbled across the 750,000 people living in the central highlands of Papua New Guinea, by far the largest concentration of people on the island, some of whom live at the greatest rural population density on the planet.